Simba ni maboko mwuna le kate o Afrika Malo bate, msalande Mwindo ya ngolo, Afrika Mwabali ya mingao, Afrika Hatona mosolo, Afrika joining us today on Congo Live, the authentic voice of the Congolese people. This is your host, Patricia Lokwa. And I'm Kambale Musavuli, joining you from Chicago. <laughs> Welcome, Kambale. How are you doing this weekend? Oh, man, it is kind of chilly in Chicago. I didn't expect, uh, expect it to get this cold, uh, but I look forward to be back in the studio and working with you and the entire team in the studio. Well, we're glad uh, we have everyone joining us today on this beautiful weekend as we are going to be celebrating Mother's Day tomorrow. Uh, We want to remind our um, listeners to make sure you call your mother and you let them know Happy Mother's Day. You know, that won't be good if uh, you go through Mother's Day and you forget your mother because after all, they do have an important role in our lives. Happy Mother's Day, Patricia. (laughs) Thank you very much. Thank you. (laughs) I'm making sure that I'm saying it right now so that you don't say I forgot tomorrow. So that's good. I got my check off. Uh, Are you going to call your mother tomorrow and wish her a happy Mother's Day? Well, I I have to do it. Um, No, every time I think about my mother and even why I'm here today, um, I'm always amazed uh, by how she was able to raise three children on her own and... uh, we, we turn out pretty okay. What do you think? I think that not we, myself and my... We're going to need a little bit more time to uh, figure that out about you. I know uh, your other siblings, they turned out okay, but you're a little bit uh, dysfunctional in the head. So we're going to have to check, figure that out with time. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. And to, go, to get back to uh, my mom, you know, um, when she had me, you know, she was sure, I asked her before, you know, how he was uh, carrying me for nine months and so on. Uh, she was sharing with me that she was in college. You know, she already had my two siblings, uh, my older brother and sister, and she was pregnant with me while she was doing her master's. Oh, wow. And by the same time she was doing her master's, she also had a full-time job. Well, so, I, I guess I have no excuse to not do my homework. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? I know. So that, that's why I think, you know, a call is not enough. Uh, she needs more than a call. And uh, I hope I make her proud. Uh, I'll make sure to let her know that how much I love her when I call her tomorrow. And hopefully you also send some roses. A dozen roses would always be the best thing for women. I'm yeah. speaking from experience. Um, to get back uh, about what our show is going to be about today, speaking about mothers and how they've influenced our lives, um, today's subject of the show is focusing on a voice from the past and my people's connection with wisdom. Uh, when we say that, we want to have our listeners to think about people in your past that have influenced your life, whether it may be a mother or an aunt or a grandparent. Um, We want to have our callers to call us today and share us some of the stories of people in your lives that have uh, impacted how you've made decisions in your life. And make sure you give us a call later on today. It's going to be at 410-481-1010. And um, as we move forward with the show, uh, I wanted to ask you, actually, um, Kambali, uh, what is something that your mother has shared with you that has stuck with you throughout the years and how you make your decisions in your daily life? Oh, man, uh, I think it's everything. There's just so much. Everything she shared with me, uh, how you treat people, uh, working hard, you know, make sure that there is no excuse for uh, mediocrity, uh, always excel, speak truth to power, 
you know, and uh, my vivid memory has always been uh, my political discussions with her uh, mm. at a very young age, where she will de- uh, bring me in the living room and we'll have a debate on a political topic or bring a newspaper, uh, Jeune Afrique, say, read it, tell me what you think. So all those things uh, have impacted me, you know, um, and also a calm, you know, she's a very calm person. She listens a lot, and she, as soon as she opens her mouth, it's straight wisdom coming out of it. And uh, as you speak of wisdom, I think about, um, you know, generally the people who name us are our parents. And uh, for me, I, will, I know my name is Patricia, and, um, you know, I know it means a noble woman that serves. And uh, hopefully, you know, Kambali, you can give us a little bit more about the meaning of your name. But before we get into that, if you can share us um, with the news, what's going on in the Congo, um, what is happening right now? Well, uh, currently, you know, uh, uh, I had to be the one to bring the bad news. Uh, but uh, in, in order to inform our listeners, uh, to, sh- to share, the re- there's been a movement on the ground, young Congolese fighting to have a say in the decision-making process. Uh, in March 15th, a few of them were arrested, part of the Filimbi network. Um, two now are in jail. Uh, last week I shared that Eve Makwambala was uh, charged with high treason, is now in prison. And as of this week, uh, Fred Bauma of the organization La Lucha has also been charged with high treason, um, and is uh, now also in prison. Uh, their attorneys have not been able to uh, be with them. S- for our listeners to kind of understand the, co- uh, the context, you know, even here in the United States, all around the world, we have young people who are holding their leaders accountable. Young Congolese are doing the same. Um, and uh, if they do so, the, the challenge is uh, we have an oppressive government uh, in the Congo, and we must always remember that that government is unfortunately uh, supported by, with uh, U.S. taxpayers' money. That's why we're making the call to the American listeners to hold the government accountable for how they are supporting uh, dictators on the African continent. On another note, uh, there was uh, a Tanzanian peacekeeper uh, who was uh, unfortunately killed this week as well in the eastern part of the Congo. And uh, on the political, uh, in the political uh, landscape, uh, we have the Congolese president, Kabila, who has um, called for dialogue of uh, political leaders in the Congo, specifically the opposition, bringing them to the table to discuss the future of the Congo and how uh, they could come, uh, come together. Um, this, this call from the Congolese president is seen, again, as another attempt to change the dynamics, uh, to stay in power. Um, why we, every show we keep talking about the president of the Congo and Kabila, what is actually happening there? Um, in Congo, the president of the Congo cannot run for presidency next year. Next year, we're going to have the presidential election. Uh, the Congolese constitution only gives him two terms. But what has been going on since this is his last term, he's been uh, trying to change the constitution, I introduce laws that will uh, de facto um, extend his presidency, and then with this dialogue uh, taking place right now, um, people are also seeing that as why do we have to come together? You know, you're leaving next December 2016. Why do we have to have a dialogue? Uh, what does that really mean? It's again a way to 
stall the process. But it's not just happening in the Congo. It's happening in Burundi. You know, what's happening in Burundi is something that people need to take a look at. Uh, young people rising up, uh, holding um, the, the president of Burundi also accountable. Uh, we saw it in Senegal. Uh, we saw it in Burkina Faso, how the youth of Burkina Faso has pushed uh, the long-time dictator uh, Blas Compaore out of power. And now also we're seeing it in the United States. I am so looking forward for a revolution of the American youth uh, to hold the government accountable so that the government of the United States doesn't represent the corporations but re actually represents the American people. And thank you for sharing us um, with that news, what's, what's happening in the Congo. We always look forward um, to hearing from you to find out what's happening on the ground. Um, to get a little bit back into what we were discussing earlier, I had mentioned the meaning of your name, Kambale Musavuli. Maybe, um, you know, I'm sure your mother, or maybe you can share with us actually who gave you that name and what is the meaning of that name? Yes, um, my mom did give me that name. No, Kambale in my tribe is given to the second male. Um, in my tribe, so what it's is, almost what is like your a tribe? tribe. I am Nande originally. It's a tribe out of North Kivu. Um, no, North Kivu. Uh, what part of Congo would that be located? So North Kivu is right in the east of the Congo. Um, it's a province that has an interesting climate. You no, know, we have the volcano. Uh, the we Varuna? have the mountains. Yeah. So oh. we have uh, the Nirangongo around there. Um, and um, then we also have a mountain, the Wenzori mountain range that goes from the Congo all the way to Uganda. So the climate there is really interesting because when you go to the mountains, around the top of the mountain, you have snow. You know, snow people won't even think that on the African continent, right in the heart of Africa, where the equator goes through in the center, you have snow on the top of the mountain, just like in the Kilimanjaro. Um, then you... People there love to eat rice. Uh, Cassava, I would presume. And madesu, like <laughs> we call beans and so on. So my mom gave, gave me that name. Uh, so Kambale in my tribe means second male. And uh, my last name um, is kind of hard for me to give uh, the um, definition. But uh, the short way to describe it will be Jesus Christ is Musavuli. So Musavuli is a, is a name that means uh, the Savior. Uh, so he, he came down the, from uh, my family line. Um, and I hate sometimes to kind of speak about it. I'm more proud of Kambale as the second male. Mm. Well, that's an interesting uh, perspective coming from you. Um, and as we move forward with the show, I know um, it's important that we always say thanks to our mothers because at the end of uh, the day, when we think about our names, they have a, l a large influence in our lives. And I am a true believer that our names really define us. Um, my name is Patricia Loqua Servant, and I still have to figure out what Loqua means. I have yet to find a Congolese or anybody who can tell me the meaning of the name Loqua, but uh, my name in general, Patricia, Patricia means a noble woman and my last name serves. So it's a noble woman that serves. So uh, me being part of this show, I guess it's in connection to what my mother um, named me. I'm here and I'm trying to educate everybody about Congo and what is happening. How did you get Servant? That's not a Congolese name. 
Well, my dad, uh, he's, his ancestors are from Quebec. Uh, he was born in Boston. Okay. Uh, and then, he, you know, he ended up in Africa for 35 years. So he was a diplomat and I was born there. But, uh, you know, we'll talk a little bit more about it. But uh, before we get into that, we're going to have a great guest who's going to give us a little bit of feedback and, you know, teach us about the Congolese voice from the past. And he's going to he's actually is a Congolese voice from the past. And um, before we get into that, I want to want to to listen to a song by Taboule and the name of the song is Congo Avenir and it talks about uh, Congolese and the future of Congo. Tomoni bozo banyo soto sali Boya kobongi sa kongo aveni Ebongi to sala, ebongi to sala Motoni onso hata mwana Kongo ya mosolo, mpembe anzoku Kongo ya bwanya, kasa ya mbila Kongo ya makasi, moto ya nkoi Kongo Congo, Congo ne mboka, Congo, mboka ya bankoko Congo, mboka mwana pamba, lopi, mboko lula yango Congo ya batu mayele Congo makopi kisayo Congo, 
listening to Taboulet. The name of the song is Kogo Avenir. And he talks about Congo being for our ancestors and Congo belonging to us. And he speaks a little bit more about the future of Congo. Um, Taboulé is a renowned Congolese vocalist and songwriter, a pioneer of African rumba in Sukus. And he was also dubbed an African Elvis on, in Los Angeles Times um, in a, a few of the series that they've had in the past. And for our short today, we're going to have uh, Mr. Lubangi Manyanya, who's going to be joining us. And uh, Kambali, if you can give us, our listeners, uh, a little bit of a bio of Mr. Lubangi. I know I've personally had the opportunity to meet him. He's also our um, producer, and he has a lot, a, lot, and a lot of knowledge to give us. And I hopefully um, we can have some of our callers call in today at 410-481-1010. And any questions you may have, this is the person you want to ask those questions too when it comes to Africa and Congo. Honor to having Mr. Lubangi Munyanya with us. Uh, he's an art educator. He specializes in the visual and performing arts of Africa. He has worked as an exhibition uh, consultant for several museums around the country, including the Museum for African Arts. He has actively participated and written curriculum materials on African arts and culture for more than 15 major exhibitions. So definitely a uh, cultural uh, connoisseur uh, for Congolese culture and Afro-American culture in the United States and Latin America. Mr. Lubangi, welcome. Thank you very much, uh, Kambale. Thank you very much, Patricia. Welcome to the show. If you can speak a little bit louder so we can make sure that our listeners uh, can hear you, that would be great. We're really excited to have you on the show today. And uh, as we're talking about Congo um, in the past and listening to the song Congo Avenir, um, if you can share with us some of your experiences of people from the past that have influenced uh, your life. I've had the opportunity to really get to know you on a personal level and you've shared a lot of great stories with us. And I think uh, there's a lot that a wisdom that you can share with us and who are these people in your past that have brought wisdom to you and have led you to do some of these things that you've done in regards to raising awareness of what's going on in the Congo and studying the African culture in general? Well, <clears throat> thank you very much for the question. Thank you for having me on the show. Uh, I mean, the, you know, the title of the show, uh, let me speak up. The title of the show actually says it all. Uh, the voice from the past. Uh, <clears throat> our connection to wisdom. Wisdom is always in the past. You know, we have to go and dig deep uh, to find uh, wisdom, to find good things in order to prepare ourselves for the future. Uh, so the present is when we have to do that uh, because the future is not here yet. So we can only dig in the past when we are in the present. So, <clears throat> I'll, you know, I will say happy mothers to all of you mothers out there. 
Uh, I don't have a mother anymore, so I can't tell my mother Happy Mother's Day. So uh, my mom, who was once alive uh, next to me, <clears throat> was uh, one of the ways that I was able to uh, learn about the past. Uh, I mean, I, I don't want to get into uh, long stories, but we will probably talk about it as we progress. Uh, my mother, my father, <clears throat> of course, my uh, bro- brothers and sisters, and especially my older brothers and sisters, and also my people around me in my community where I was born. And, uh, and of course, traveling around the world uh, did help me to learn about the people that I was with, uh, which helped me learn about myself and helped me look at my, pe- my people and my country uh, from a different uh, point of view. So this is how I came to Samarab, uh to know a little bit about the past, the beauty of uh, my people. Now, a song such as Congo uh, Avenir, Congo the Future, that's the song by Tabule. It was sung in 1969. Uh, <clears throat> remember, it was just like probably like eight or eight to nine years after the independence. Uh, the Congo was in the hands of the Congolese themselves. So they were learning how to uh, uh, run a country uh, four times bigger than France, okay? And a country that's coveted by, uh, you know, the biggest power in the world, you know, at that time. Of course, today as well. So you have, uh, Lumumba was already dead. Now you have Mobutu, uh, a young man, probably uh, two years into uh, his presidency. Now, what do you tell people? What do you tell your children? What do you tell the rest of the world that you will take this country to? You see, so Kabule, uh came out with this song, and it still is relevant today. When yeah. you listen to that song, today is supposed to be the future, when Tabule sang that song. Absolutely, absolutely. Exactly. And one thing, um, it's in... said, this little Congo you see mm-hmm. here, it will become a bigger Congo, better, because the young ones are going to school for it. And I think and it's, it's important it's... to uh, remind our listeners of what was going on in the Congo when Mobutu came in power. Uh, we had the colonizers who had a lot of influence on how the country was being run and how everybody and everyday life was being affected by the Belgians who were in the Congo. And I, around when were you in the Congo during this era when Mobutu was in power? Say that again. I'm sorry. Say that again. When were you in Congo? When where were you at the at the time where Mobutu came into power? You had the Belgians who were colonizing Congo and so forth. Where were you at this point in your life? I, I don't go that far. Oh, <laughs> I don't okay. go that far back. Mm-hmm. Uh, my knowledge is based on books. My knowledge is based on people who lived that. You know, uh, my my mom, for instance. I'll tell you, my mom was present. My father was present, and what they've lived. The. Uh, uh, the Belgian colony, mm-hmm. how they went through it, uh, the wars. My family had to move from Congo to Zambia, and then they came back. And so all of that, it's part of my family. The way they were fighting the Belgians, how they were in one time part of the Belgians. So it, it's, it's part of my... I, sometimes when I speak, or I speak about it, people think I was there. Of course I was there. Because my parents were there. That's my past. Mm. So when I hear them talk to me, 
That's your I, voice I from the past. As if I was there. They are my DNAs. So today, <laughs> I speak of it with authority because it came from the mouth of people. The word of people live there. I remember my mom told me this. Uh, <clears throat> he looked at me one day. I was, I was playing around, you know, running around playing. Then he said, wow, look at you. She was so proud of me. And I said, what, what? And she said, um, you live in a country where you don't have to worry about nothing, calling you sal negro, you know, dirty nigger. I'm like, what? He said, yes. You don't have to worry about calling someone monsieur, madame. And I'm like, what are you talking about? So he was just trying to explain to me, look at your money. This, there is a black man on that money. Then I looked at my mom. I said, you mean to tell me there wasn't somebody else here? And that's when my mom started explaining to me, look at our house. Look at the way we walk. We take our time. We do things. You are born on the right time of history. Back in my days, it was not possible. And when you this say back in your days, what, what year are you speaking of? My mom, we're talking about the 40s. Okay. The 50s. And the independence was after the 60s. The 30s. The independence was in 1960. Okay. So any time after 1960, that's when, you know, you have <coughs> parents, people lived that time, uh, were sharing their experiences. So that's why you see, you know, songs such as uh, Congo Avenue by Tabule is actually expressing Congo in the past. And in Tabule, one thing it did, which I believe it's very interesting, Tabule was able uh, in that song to remind people that Congo is ours. Because a lot of people were under the impression Congo, I mean, I'm talking about Congolese themselves. They didn't even know Congo was their country. I mean, they were born after Congo uh, was uh, King Leopold II's property. So they did not know the concept of owning a country until 1960. You know, just think about somebody who was born in 1928, born into Belgian colony, not knowing that this is our country. Until 1960, they announced to you, well, you, the country is yours. Some people thought they landed them the country. Do you feel that the Congolese people were ready for this independence? You know, uh, we look at what's going on in the Congo today as we hear the news coming from Kambale. They're struggling in just trying to maintain. You mentioned how big this country is. In the 1960s, the vision that Lumumba had for Congo, do you feel that the Congolese people were ready to embrace this vision that he had and take it to where Congo needed to be and where we feel that Congo should be by now, but it, it isn't there yet? That's why the voice from the past is very important. When you listen to uh, the voice of the chiefs, the kings, the warriors, people who used to fight, said nobody's ever ready for anything. When you are born, you are ready. You don't have to wait for somebody to tell you you are ready. When you are born, you have to be ready. So you learn today, you learn tomorrow. The reason why I'm saying that because people who ask for the independence, they started way back. I'll give you um, a name in the past of a great name, uh, Lumpungu 
1935 already asked for the independence. He was a chief. And uh, speaking of Lupungu, we want to hear more of what you have to say. But uh, before we do, I want to bring in a song by the name of uh, that's by Pongo Love, and the name of the song is Femme Commerçant. And uh, after we hear this song, I want to hear what you have to uh, say regarding what you're talking about. Okay.
you were just listening to Pongo Love, Femme Commerçant. And uh, Pongo Love was born in Boma in Congo on August 27th, 1956 and died in Kinshasa on January 15th, 1990. Yes, uh, Pongo Love is a wonderful artist. Her story is quite moving where um, listening to her, you will realize uh, actually she's disabled. Unfortunately, in a very young age, uh, she contracted polio. Uh, she did not get a uh, proper, uh, proper vaccine at the time, but she did not let a par- para- uh, paralysis of her legs stop her from her ambitions. She became a musician. Uh, she pursued her career to the point where she became a, a, music- a star in the Congo. One of uh, Okeja's artists in popular way was the one who financed her musical career. And in 1976, uh, she made her first record, and then the rest was history. Her hit um, was not just a hit in Congo, but across the African continent. A wonderful, uh, wonderful musician. Um, and in the song that we have listened to, Femme Commerçante, uh, which is um, the, the ma- mothers in the market, uh, a businesswoman, actually, I should say, uh, as the proper translation. In that song, she speaks about how Congolese women uh, control the market, uh, control the economy in Congo, and uh, what they do to care for the families and bring uh, resources to the family. A very, very wonderful uh, song. And I think uh, this is a great, actually, question for, I guess, uh, Mr. Lubangi, is what is your take on the women's role in Congo and what they have done to uplift Congo? Well, <clears throat> women in Congo are part of a great tradition. Uh, you know, that's why when we say Happy Mother's Day, we have to uh, send all Happy Mother's Day to all the women in Congo. Uh, they, they come out of a tradition, not a school. Uh, this is a tradition that goes way back, way past colonialism. Uh, you know, the colonialists were not able to break that. Uh, very difficult to break women. It's very, very difficult. So anyway, it's the, this tradition of uh, being of in charge of a marketplace. Uh, charge of maternity, charge of uh, nutrition, in charge of marketplace. Uh, today we see... Uh, of course, you know, it's taken time for people to, to destroy uh, being in charge of maternity in Congo today and also in charge of nutrition. Uh, but the marketplace is still is uh, uh, controlled by women. That's where the money is. So it's, it's a great tradition that not only in Congo, you see it throughout Africa, in West Africa, uh, women always involved in market. And uh, I'm sure if you look back into your own past, you'll probably find one or two women who were involved in market. I don't know uh, about you, uh, Patricia, if you, you look at yourself. What do you think? Uh, I think for me, I, I do definitely have a lot of influence in my life um, coming from uh, actually my mother, my mother who's a Congolese, uh, and I can share that with you, but I first wanted to take a call f- um, from Theodore, who uh, he's been patiently waiting, and I'm sure he has a, a great comment or something that he wants to ask us. So let's go ahead and take that call, and uh, I'll answer your question, Mr. Luangi program first time out yes hello uh, Theodore yes thank very you for cool. calling Congo Life thank you it's the first time I listened to the program and it's very very interesting oh thank you thank uh, you the Congo was a huge country number one and I'd like to ask some historical questions also who was the 
main person that you all hold up in your history for helping helping get rid of the uh, uh, colonialists and freeing the country. And who is this question for, Mr. Lobangi? Yes, and both of you. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Was that Mr. Mobutu? Um, Mr. Lobangi, if you can answer that question, I'm not sure if you heard the caller. <coughs> I think, uh, uh, can you please repeat the question because I didn't quite who's, who, uh, You could say, who's your great national hero like George Washington is over here? Who was your great national hero that helped free your country? Oh, okay. Well, <coughs> the great name, uh, we always like to say Lumumba in 1960. Lumumba, yes, I remember. Yes, yeah, Lumumba, Petrus Lumumba is the name. Uh, why Lumumba? Because there were so many people there who, who were with Lumumba as well. But what, what made Lumumba stand out? And that's the difference. Uh, the difference is this. <coughs> when all of them went to Brussels to go and discuss the day of, indi- uh, of the independence, how it was going to be handled. Uh, Patricia Lumumba was not there. Patricia Lumumba, Patricia Lumumba was in jail. Uh, so he was out of the picture. Now, when the Belgians realized, and uh, the opposition in Brussels, they realized that they weren't getting anywhere because most of the politicians in Brussels representing uh, different political parties in Congo, they were actually representing their own original regions uh, or ethnic groups. So that's what the fight was about. Now, <clears throat> the opposition party in Brussels uh, then attacked the Flemish, who were the ruling party in, in, in Congo. They said, for 85 years you've ruled Congo, and this is what we get? And they realized that no one was speaking in terms in terms of a nation. So they say, what is the name of that fool, that, that individual that we, we arrested who used to talk about nationalism all the time? Did we kill him already? They say, well, no, not yet. We are just about. They say, no, don't kill him. Bring him here. So they sent Patrice Lumumba to Brussels. If you look back in the pictures, you'll see Patrice Lumumba was still bleeding as he was coming out of the, the airplane. And everybody went toward him. They wanted to hear him speak. So if Patrice Lumumba said something stupid, he was going to uh, be put aside just like the rest of the Congolese politicians who were there. My next question in reference to this is, we are your cousins. We all don't know what tribe we came from. How many tribes do you have in Africa? And do you have the problem? Is it a great problem of tribal infighting and feuds like you have in some of the other nations in the motherland? And how do you, how do you, uh, how do you solve that problem, if it's solvable? Okay. <clears throat> I will answer this. There is not a problem between tribes. It, there is not. They make people believe that. When we say tribe... Uh, think of it as a family with seven, eight children. And they sometimes have a little squabble, yes. That's all, that's all it is. Now, remember that uh, when you have colonizers and they want to conquer you, dividing they will yes. try to exploit that and, and uh, try to divide you. Let me just say one thing. Keep in mind that what, what we call tribes, a lot of time, people from this, it's like a one family, because you 
decided to, you grew up, you know, you, you grow up and you want to move to a different place. You want to move out of your parents' home. You go, you find the land, you marry, and you have your children. That's how those so-called tribes developed. So a lot of time, the key to find out if they were related or not is based on how they call each other. For instance, you'll find a group known as uh, the Songe in Kasai. They call another group next to them the Luba. Yes. Because it comes out of their language, Kuluba. Yes. Then when you go, you find the Luba. They call another group out next to them, Balunda, which means in their language, our friends, our brothers and sisters. My last so if question. If you don't know those, see, that's, that's how we know mm -hmm. there is not a problem. Yes, my last question is, sure. does, do the Congolese have control over their vast natural resources and... Is the country improving, and is corruption a problem with the improvement of the greater good for all Congolese? Well, I'm not sure if I understood the question, but... Uh, do, 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 does, does the nation, the Congolese, our cousins who that country is, do they have absolute control over their natural resources, and do they have a problem with corruption stopping the progress of improving the entire nation? Okay, my quick, my quick answer to that, and then I'll probably have uh, uh, the hosts or the co-hosts, I mean, you know, answer that, but I'll tell you, the Congolese do not have uh, absolute control over their natural resources. Oh, Now, I think that's, that's a question. Totally different topic. Uh, <laughs> it's a totally different topic. It has to get. It has to be. Yeah, uh, I think that's something that we'll have to do. Um, politics and whatnot. Another. Well, you all have enlightened me with all the information, and it's great hearing you. God bless you and continued success in all you do, the host and the gentleman. And Theodore, I wanted just to mention to you, you can always go on congolive.org. We have updates on the news, and if you have questions, you can always send us an email, and we would love to answer some of these questions, and our, our guest or um, our host or I, we can always answer any details, questions that you may have. Uh, but before we go on to more questions for you, uh, Mr. Lubangi, I wanted to go Thank into... You. Uh, oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. Thank you uh, for calling Congo Live. I wanted to go um, into our next song. The next song is by Papa Wimba in honor of Mother's Day weekend and uh, all of our mothers since uh, the show is a voice from the past. The name of the song is Mama by uh, Papa Wimba. Yes. Sokina Pelosa, la Kipotana, 
Papa Wimba, the name of that song is called Mama. That was for all our mothers in Congo and all across the world. We want to say Happy Mother's Day, and that song is dedicated uh, to you. Um, and For those of you who have been following our Facebook page, 
you probably have noticed that we had a post about les sapeurs, sapologie, uh, and one of the leaders of the sap movement is Papa Wemba. I hope you will like our fan page, uh, Congo Live Show, to learn more about sap and Papa Wemba. He is a, a Congolese rumba artist, uh, very well known around the world. I have sung um, multiple songs with so many different international artists um, all across the world. But let, let's bring it back a little bit, Mr. Lubangi, on uh, the, the role of the women uh, in the Congo at that if uh, two women, or I, was, I should say three, that I see have kind of defined uh, leadership in the Congo. One is uh, Kimpa Vinta, a young Congolese who died, unfortunately, at age 21, but back in the 1700s, she fought the Portuguese, had so many followers um, beyond her as she fought the Portuguese conquest of the Congo, but unfortunately, she was killed at stake just. Uh, at Bernard's take, uh, just as Joan of Arc. Another woman who comes to mind is Mama Onema, who was uh, the woman leader of uh, the Simba militia at the time. I always bring up her name because when I look at past images of um, Mama Onema, she's wearing a leopard hat, and our first song, Congo Avenir, they talked about leopard and Koi, and the last one is a very interesting woman, an inspiration to me, Sophie Kanza, who was the first Congolese woman to get a PhD. Uh, she got a PhD from Harvard in the uh, 1960s, but it's not just about her getting a PhD, it's about what it took for her to do that. You know, she had five children, she was married, and uh, she was uh, getting a PhD here at Harvard at a time where there was uh, segregation, uh, discrimination in this country, and she was able to su uh, su uh, succeed. So from that level about women leadership, uh, and uh, thinking now also about your mother, um, can you expand on the role of women in the Congo, from femme commerçante to see now uh, Pongo, um, Sophie Kanza? Uh, from your context and also the experience with your mother around the women leadership. Absolutely. <clears throat> I mean, you know, that's the reason why we we need to hear the voice from the past. I mean, again, here it's you know it means to uh, dig deep, uh, talk to old people, go to museums, go to libraries, uh, look at old pictures, and that's how you learn a lot about yourself. You know, Congolese women they come out of a great a tradition of being involved, of being part of the community. That's a tradition that um, has been there way before colonialism. So when now uh, the colonizers came to Congo, one of the things that they wanted to do was impose their ways of, uh, of life, the way the Europeans saw uh, life. So they tried to get rid of women in many places, they did that. Uh, I will just go back and then remind you that in the 15th uh, century, 16th century, they also encountered a woman who was uh, a queen, Nzinga. You know, uh, so they, they were very impressed to see that that was not happening in Europe. You know, women in Europe were not as involved in communities, affairs, or nation affairs as they saw it uh, take place in, in Congo, in Africa, okay? 
Now, <clears throat> you only, uh, I, I heard you mention uh, Kimpa. Uh, Kimpa Vita. Ndona uh, Kimpa Vita. Like you said, uh, she comes out of that tradition. When she felt like men were failing, uh, she took this up on herself. Mm-hmm. And she became a leader. Uh, when, when, when women do that, it means the end, the end is, is, is near. That, you know, that type of tradition. Usually you see women will do this or they will, they will, they will motivate men and, until they say, you know what, enough is enough, I'm taking over. Absolutely. There is that tradition there too. Uh, a woman like uh, Onema, I mean, uh, let me just say that Kimpa Vita, the tradition is still there. Today, if you go, you dig deep, you will find there are women that they call Mandona. Mandona, today, they come out of that tradition, today. Tradition of Kipa Vita, Ndona, Beatrice. That is her line that you do find today. Now, Mama Onema. Mama Onema was a Tetela woman, a spiritualist. She was able to empower warriors before the go uh, fighting. Okay? She used to wear that leopard skin on her head. Leopard animal is a totem animal. It represents royalty, leadership, and also represents secret societies in Africa, which, I mean, especially in Congo. Okay? So Mama Onema had the knowledge of royalty, uh, uh, spirituality, as well as the warrior uh, warfare, the power behind that. So that's why she was able, single-handed, to empower the Simba movement. It was, a, it was a movement that took half of the country because we were trying to overthrow the pro-Western government back then. And then she asked all the men to dress only in a traditional outfit to go and fight the Westerners. And they, they were winning until they made a mistake of start wearing the clothes of the enemies that they defeated. That's when they start getting bullets. And then, of course, it was the end of the Sima movement. They used to, they used to sing, they used to cry, I would scream, Mulele Mai. I mean, I mean, they were saying Mai, Mai, because Mulele was one of the leaders of the Sima movement. But the power behind them was Mama Onema. Thank you and very course, much uh, for that uh, story, uh, Mr. Lobangi. You always bring great wisdom to us as uh, we learn from you on a weekly and daily basis, given that um, you have so much knowledge. I think it's um, very important to remember the role of the mother in not only our lives, but the role of the mother in the Congo in general. As you me- mentioned, the importance in being femme commerçant. I know you've also mentioned to me in the past that uh, Lumumba God is named from a woman. And uh, when we think about the role of women in our lives, I think about my mother and how she influenced my life greatly. I left the Congo when I was eight years old. And I know that in throughout my life, in every opportunity that I had to, you know, when I was with friends and I had, you know, had, let, let me make this decision. But if I make this decision, what would my mother say? What are things that my mother taught me growing up and exposed me to in the Congo, in Basankusu, in Bandaka, the different regions of Congo that have really set imprint in my heart and in my life that has really set path into how I am today and where I am today till that I haven't been in the Congo since I was uh, eight years old. I visited in 2005, but till today, Congo remains in my heart because if today I forget the Lingala language for me, it means I've forgotten my mother. And 
And uh, thank you very much for coming on our show today, Mr. Lobangi. And uh, as we finish the show, I wanted to end the show with a song by Lokwakanza. And the name of the song is Nakozonga, pretty much meaning that uh, I will return to Congo. And uh, I know we all have a mission as we are in the diaspora out here. Uh, we have a mission to go back home and to make sure that we look out for our mothers who are left behind. Mopembo, 